Dawn and Steve welcome Matt Braun Louis to ask the question what are you going to do and how that question launched a global organization got a question call or text 800-555-7898 as we've already been talking about this morning today is the National Sanctity of Human Life Day and maybe we think about that day as a day where as so many do we reflect on Roe v Wade because that's why the day is today this 22nd day of January and you think about the abortion and all that but you know we think about the sanctity of human life for all people all over the world those who maybe are in you know growing up in poverty and in suffering and those who really need to see Jesus brought to them wherever they happen to be after all we are image bearers, right? And so there is dignity and the sanctity of human life, whether we think about the womb or whether we think about those on the other side of the world who need to hear about Christ. And joining us to talk a little bit about the story of a guy who founded Compassion International is Matt Bronlewe. And uh, Matt, appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us this morning. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm, I'm so curious because, you know, we might know you as one of the guys who helped found Jars of Clay and yeah. now a producer and, you know, involved in uh, the music industry and you're working on film and so, so many things yeah. that you're doing today. Why the, why the story of the Compassion uh, International founding? Yeah, this started quite a few years for me uh, ago. Um my wife's folks were in town, and they had brought with them a compassion book, uh, an anniversary book that had all these pictures, and they're going through the first few pages, and my father-in-law kept saying, Uncle Everett this, Uncle Everett that, and I was like, hold on a second, are you telling me that the founder of Compassion is your uncle or was your uncle? And he's like, yes. He's like, I thought you knew. Um, so for me, I felt like I was like, you know, joining Christian royalty or something. Cause it's like <laughs> growing up, we had a compassion kid on our fridge. Like we were always supporting and sponsoring some, you know, some children from compassion. That was a big part of things. So it became a family story. Um, it was actually not until it was about five years ago. Uh, this is kind of unusual for me, but I woke up one morning and just knew, I just knew it was like time to tell Everett's story. Wow. Wow. So have you had no idea up to that point where you're hearing Uncle Everett this, Uncle Everett that, that this organization that you've been supporting for so many years, sponsoring kids, all this, that you had that personal family tie? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, I know. It was wild. And, you know, what was so cool about it is it gave me entree to all these individuals sure. who had stories about Everett. Um, in fact, it was it was pretty neat, too, because, uh, you know, this this all started a long time ago. This all started back in 1952. And so a lot of the people that have these firsthand memories and stories, they're not going to be around forever. Yeah. You know, so this felt like a very timely opportunity to take advantage of all, you know, gathering up all these stories while we could. All right. So let's roll the clock back yeah. and go back to uh, probably I'm, I'm going to guess it was the uh, early 50s there when yep. something must have mot motivated Everett to say we need to do something to, to reach kids around the world. Yes. He was a pastor in Chicago at Central Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, he actually left that position. He was going to his plan was to go on the road, pop up tents, speak to people, do that kind of a thing. He did want to get out into the world. And so in early 1951, uh, he's given the opportunity to go on this global mission 
to go all over. Uh, Bob Cook, who started Youth for Christ, asked mm-hmm. him to go. Um, he goes on this global trip, and while he's in, now this is again like during the Korean War. So there's all these stories about things going on in there, and Everett absolutely felt drawn to go to Korea, but because of the war, it was not easy to get into Korea. Uh, So he's in Tokyo on this tour, walks into a washroom at a YMCA. Here's a guy whistling, and he's like, hey, man, you're you're singing my tune. And it was an old hymn that Everett was very familiar with. Mm. Starts talking to this guy, and it ended up that this guy was connected to a kind of field operation that was able to give entry for for Everett into Korea. He ends up going to Korea uh, a little while later, speaking to all these people. Uh, sometimes we, we hear that he was speaking to 10,000, 15,000 or more at a time. So all these like very exciting opportunities for him in terms of that, in terms of evangelism and speaking to people. Uh, he's in the streets of Seoul one day, and it's a chilly day, but he's got his big you know, winter coat, his, his Chicago coat, yep. like hanging on his arm and a kid runs by, snatches his coat and, you know, Everett's like a, a streetwise guy. And so he takes off after this kid to get his coat back, follows him through these alleyways. Uh, the kid ditches the coat. Everett walks up and as he peels up the coat, he finds this little shivering child underneath mm-hmm. and he's just shocked. He's like, what is going on? He runs and gets some soup, gets some blankets, comes back, and he's he's helping the child. He sees dozens more kids. A lot of them don't have shoes. Uh, They need all kinds of things. You know, they need more clothes. They need jackets. They need all these things. He does what he can in the moment, Um, but he's just struck by, I mean, now we know, looking back, there were over 100,000 kids that were orphaned during the war. So this was like a mass problem. Uh, it actually snows that night, and he goes back the next day to the same place, and he discovers that there are workers going around the city and having to, like, children that have passed away during the night, they're 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 taking them away. Yeah. And it just breaks his heart. He, he doesn't know what to do about this. And later on, he's heading back to America, and there's a pastor who stops him before he steps onto the plane. And he's like, Everett, now that you've seen the tremendous need and opportunity, what are you going to do? And that's the question that that absolutely transforms his life. Hmm. Well, it's a powerful story, compelling story in the book. What are you going to do? It is the inspiring story of Everett Swanson and the founding of Compassion International. As we uh, talk with Matt this morning, maybe you've got a question or comment. Feel free to text in at 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. Well, we're talking this morning about the founding of Compassion International. It is the story, true story, of Everett Swanson. And joining us to uh, hear a little bit more, tell the story, is Matt Brownlee, co-author of the book. And, uh, Matt, you kind of left us with uh, Everett being asked this question. He sees the the need of all these homeless and abandoned kids in Korea during the Korean War. And a pastor challenges them with this question. So now that you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And you said he didn't know what to do. I mean, you, you yeah. said, look at a need like that, and I, I can imagine all of us would be like, I don't know what to do. Right. So what did he do? You know, it's funny. It's like when I was driving here this morning, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, what would I do if this happened today? You know, I was like, would I start a GoFundMe? Uh, right. You know, would I, I would try to get on social media. And, and I just thought, like, wow, this is, this is 70 years ago, more, 
no social media. You yeah. know, what ways, what was he expecting? Like, what was he hoping for? I mean, those hurdles seem insurmountable to me. But Everett had this amazing faith that things were going to happen. So he comes back from Korea. He actually lands in Seattle first. Uh, he's going to see his older brother, who actually worked for Moody. His older brother, mm-hmm. Ray, uh, worked for Moody in their film and science division. Um, so he's visiting him, and he goes to the local church where they've asked him to speak. He speaks there, and he talks about what's happened to him in Korea. Like, that's the thing that's really on his heart. And after the sermon, uh, the pastor of the church walks up and hands a check to Everett for $50. And he's like, Everett, this woman uh, a week ago gave me this check, and it was earmarked for orphans and widows in Korea. That's She said this is expressly for what's going on in Korea. That becomes the first $50 that ever go to Compassion. Wow. So, And then wild thing, he goes from there to Chicago, gets home, and his wife Miriam's holding a check. And she's like, I just got a check for $1,000 from some farmers in Nebraska who heard about you going over and these things going on in Korea and wanted to help. So these are the first monies that kind of ever come in. Uh, and then he begins to go church to church and to share what he's experienced and what he's seen. Wow. It's uh, incredible to see how God places on different people's hearts, different places around the country, something needs to be done. And uh, people begin to do what they can. Yeah. And so how did Everett go from, okay, I know there's a need. Yeah. People are, you know, they, they've heard that I went. They're starting to send money. That's yeah. one thing to then go from, okay, I've got uh, $1,050 <laughs> right. to now I'm going to start sponsoring or providing for the needs of kids all the way on the other side of the world. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important. This is something that we talk about a lot in the book. Everett did not do this alone. And Everett did not do this only with Americans. I mean, this was a partnership with Korea. And he truly believed that Koreans would care for Koreans the best. So he was partnering with orphanages, largely, mm-hmm. uh, that were Korean-run. And so what would happen is these uh, Korean orphanages would have some kind of a need. They heard about this guy, Everett Swanson, who was like literally traveling throughout the country and finding these places to help and to sponsor. Um, there, there's one story in particular of a woman who was running an orphanage, and she was in desperate need. We talk about this in the book. Everett shows up and he's like, he goes, he tours, he sees the kids, he sees the tremendous amount of things that they're doing to try and help these children. And he's like, I'm going to help, you know, and and I know from looking at like, I've seen the financial records and all these things. It's not like he had a million dollars sitting in the back room where he would just be able to do something about it right away. Yeah. Uh, He was just operating on faith. And sure enough, he goes back to America and like two weeks later, funds begin to come in for this orphanage to keep running. Yeah. And so as you have looked at his story and as you have kind of learned more about his faith and about how he stepped in faith, stepped out in faith and trusted God, uh, what has that kind of done for you personally as you look at his story? Yeah. You know, I I think it's been really wild because even with the writing of this book and putting together the script that we're actually working on for the film adaptation of this as well, um, there's, there's been so many steps of faith for me. Uh, one in particular was I had some difficulty getting in touch with some people in Korea about these stories. And I literally kneeled down one Sunday night and was just like, God, I need some help here. 
And literally the next morning, I got a call from somebody at Compassion. And they said, Matt, we've got somebody from Korea who's desperately trying to co- contact you. They heard about this project you're working on. So I think I've just been learning that it's like stepping out in faith is is not something you do just with like I, I, I sometimes want to just like push and run yeah. And like chase and like, you know, I'm an Enneagram three if for those who are <laughs> know about that kind of stuff. And it's like I like to get out there and really work. And I think whatever it did is he saw what needed to happen and just operated in faith, just trusted that God was going to take care of the details. Well, we're talking this morning with uh, Matt Bronley. He's Grammy nominated, award winning producer, songwriter, author, as you just heard, working on this film, producing that and uh, telling the story of Compassion International, the founding of that by Everett Swanson. If you've got a question or comment this morning, feel free to text in 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. Don Steve in the morning on Moody Radio. We're talking this hour with Matt Brunley about what are you going to do? That was the question that was asked of Everett Swanson, who ended up, from hearing that question, founding Compassion International, where the great need of orphans around the world, especially in Korea, because he had toured there. And when asked that question, what are you going to do, ended up, Talking, traveling, sharing the story, funds became coming, uh, began to come in, and he began to partner with orphanages there. Matt, it, as you learned about the story yeah. of the founding of Compassion, whatever it did, yeah. obviously it went from Korea mm-hmm. to worldwide at a certain point. Yes. Um, do you know what that was that kind of caused them to go from focusing on just the, the need in Korea due to the Korean War to now, you know what? There's kids all over the world that need to be yeah. touched. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's like um, Everett really started everything going in 1952. Uh, he sadly passed away in 1965, like at not that old of an age. But already uh, we see that in the early 60s, he's already beginning to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's traveling to all these places. And he traveled all over the world. So he was very familiar with other territories that also had these needs. It's just that Korea was particularly in need because of the war. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of interesting, too, that like Korea, you know, Korea now is, I think, second only to America in terms of sponsoring children. Uh, that country flipped the other way in, you know, I think in the early 1990s. And then in the early 2000s, they become a sponsoring country. And again, now we're like 20 years later from that. And uh, and they're second only to America. So it's amazing to see some of these transformations, too. Um, my wife and I were just in Guatemala a few years back to actually go on a trip and to visit the children that we were sponsoring there. Mm-hmm. And they told us it's like they look to Korea and to Everett and to those times. It's like that is a story that's told within compassion circles in terms of that flip from, you know, from having kids that are sponsored to being able to sponsor. So they talked about that. In, in Guatemala, that they want to be on that same path as well. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see other countries in the future that are able to to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know that many of you listening this morning, you've probably sponsored a compassion child at some point. Maybe you're doing so right now. And so as, uh, Matt, you think about, because you, you were sponsoring kids yeah. even before you knew that there was a family yes. tie in some way. <laughs> right, so as you right. think about the uh, the need of kids around the world, and the opportunity to sponsor them, 
what is it that you know resonates deeply in you that says this is a need that needs to be met this is something that i think the church really needs to engage in yeah you know it was just as i began to read from these journals that um everett would keep these letters that he wrote i was just so struck at his love and his compassion i mean we we kind of throw that word around when you're talking about this book and about the organization um, but it's neat because at Compassion, they talk about big C compassion, which is the organization, but then they talk about small C compassion. And and I think within Everett's life, it's just so inspiring to see how he interacted with these children. And when my wife and I went to Guatemala and we saw the work of compassion and we met the children and we saw what was going on in their lives, how they were being taught and instructed by all these people, the food they were being given, the shelter they were provided, like all these different things. Um, it just, it was so moving. And then to have the opportunity to tell more about Everett's story and to say, this is where it all began so many years ago. Um, it, it's, it's just been such a tremendous journey for me. Yeah, uh, such a cool thing. And as you have gone to Guatemala and as you've seen the impact firsthand of child sponsorship, I, I just I'm kind of marvel at the way that Compassion does all that they do. Yeah. Do you know when they kind of stumbled upon the sponsorship model and how yeah. I would assume that was Everett who uh, probably said, okay, yeah. this is the way that we're going to do it. Yeah, it was in those earliest days, in the early 1950s, mid-1950s, um, that there were some organizations that were utilizing the sponsorship model, but nobody was really using it in quite that and the way that he began to develop it. Um, now, back then, it worked a little bit differently. Uh, families were directly connected to the children, so they could even send them gifts directly, and there were things passed back and forth. We actually, when we were working on the research for this book, we met with somebody who was in an orphanage back in the day, um, apparently met Everett at one point, and she had with her, like, she spread out all these different gifts that she had been sent by her sponsors way back then in the kind of the early 1960s. Um, so, but yeah, that sponsorship model ended up being tremendously powerful. I think it was $4 a month back then wow. to start. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think it was like $5. So it's obviously changed over the years as the economies have changed. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was a, uh, that was a real point of growth for the organization. Well, maybe you've got a question about compassion or about its founding. You, certainly. Get that question in this morning. You can call or text 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. Talking with uh, Matt Brownlee-Wee. He is co-author of What Are You Going to Do? And we're linking you to this book on our uh, Facebook page. It's Don and Steve in the Morning to find the link there. Back with Matt coming up in a few minutes. Call us at 800-555-7898. You know, I'm fascinated by origin stories and uh, learning the origin story of Compassion International today. Uh, Everett Swanson founded the organization not quite 75 years ago, and they've been touching so many uh, lives of kids around the world here. But Matt Bronley, we uh, joining us to, to talk about this, co-author yeah. of the book, What Are You Going to Do?, and uh, Matt Everett stepped out in faith. We've been telling his story a little mm -hmm. bit about what faith looked like for him to step out and to help begin to meet the tangible needs of these kids around the world. Yes. What impact did that have on his family? Yeah, totally. You know, it's been really, really cool, really fun to get to know uh, David Swanson, who was Everett's eldest son. Um, David is 85, sharp as a tack. 
Uh, and he had so many wonderful stories about his dad that he was able to tell me. And it was really cool. It's like, I think this process, when I first called him up, he was like, no, wait a minute, who are you? And like, what are you trying to do? And what are you trying to figure out? And as we developed a relationship, he told me more and more and more. And, you know, one thing that did intrigue me as a dad, I've got kids myself. And, yeah. you know, I was like, wow, Everett had to spend a lot of time away. He was in Korea doing all this work. Like, what was the impact? Uh, David would tell me that there was just always this understanding in his family of the importance of of his dad's work. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was tough. There were definitely days where he wished his dad was there. Um, Everett did make a real effort to take him to a Cubs game every once in a while. Uh, they played 16-inch softball. Okay. That, that was like a Chicago thing that they would do, yeah. that they were really into. So there were some really special things that Everett did for his kids. Um, David very much understood that his dad loved him. So it was tough at times. I mean, there's no way to get around the fact that he had to be away doing these things. Um, and he didn't have access, you know, he didn't have the internet and other right. ways to be present in Korea other than just being there himself. Um, but again, David, I, I just think was so moved by what his dad was doing. And he had the opportunity to work with compassion later on to go to Korea to see on the ground floor what was happening. I think that had a big impact as well. You know, I, I think of when God calls us to step out in faith, one of the excuses that we can, I'm not saying that we always do this, but we can throw up there is, well, that's going to, I'm going to sacrifice my family for the sake of ministry. And I hear you saying that that was not the case here. Like, because Everett stepped out in faith and, you know, his family's faith was actually strengthened. They got to see faith lived out and that had a positive impact on his kids and his family. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, I, th I think it's important to say it's like it was not without difficulty. Sure. You know, this was hard at times. But I think, you know, now you look at what compassion does and who they are today and I think it's just become very obvious for somebody like David to look back and just see this legacy that was left yeah. by his father. All right. So what does Compassion do today? Where are they? How mm -hmm. many kids are they reaching? Yeah. So Compassion is in 29 countries today. Uh, they have 14 global offices. Uh, there's 2.3 million children that are helped yearly at this point. And that number keeps on going up. And I'm hoping that some people that listen today maybe read the book, maybe sponsor a kid, you know, Anything that can be done for and with compassion is worth doing. Well, if you want to find out more about Compassion International and what they're doing, hope that you will go check them out. If you're interested in finding out more about the, the story of the origin of Compassion uh, that Matt has been telling us this morning, the book is called What Are You Going to Do? It is the inspiring story of Everett Swanson, the founding of Compassion International, and we're linking you to that through our Facebook page. When you're on Facebook, you're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning, and you're going to find the link right there. Matt, appreciate you coming in, hanging out with us this Thank morning you. on Moody Radio.